go. Episode number 245 of the Barrel Proof Podcast. Uh, welcome, everybody. I'm Taylor Sorrells, your once again erstwhile host. I'm not so erstwhile at the moment. I might not be erstwhile for the next several weeks. Erstwhile meaning not here a lot. Thank you, Pat. You're there. Thank you. Patrick, I was going to ask for clarification. <laughs> Patrick uh, is man in, man in the buttons over here. And uh, for the knobs and buttons, he's got four knobs and about 10 buttons, let's say. And switches, all kinds of good little things. It's, it's a fun little machine he's got over here. Uh, and uh, for the second week in a row, we got Ty Smith and Robbie Barker. Thanks for coming back, guys, and being here. Hey, Footlers. Good to be here. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks. We figured the pod in the park is good luck, and uh, I got the correct score last week in you my did. prediction. You did. So we figured we uh, got to keep it rolling now, right? Yeah, the correct score. We had the correct uh, first two subs in the game. Well, we didn't really call the subs, but we said these are people we need to see. Impact players. And they were the first ones on the field, so that was cool. Uh, I guess we're going to dive right in. They combined for a goal, too. They did. uh, Which which was really nice to see. Yeah, Yeah. they were very We talked about making an impact when you come on. And Jason Johnson getting the goal yeah. and probably should have had two. So, yeah, it took him a little longer to get the goal than I would have expected, but it, you know, all's well that ends well. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, 3-1 win. Uh, dominant performance, frankly. Probably one of the best ones we've seen all Most year. Most complete we've had all season in my books. Uh, I don't think that St. Louis was necessarily prepared for it. I, I wasn't expecting it. I w- was running a little bit late to the game, so when I heard uh, Clay Abels, who does the radio call, and Jeff Gear say it was a 3-5-2, I was like, Really? Ears pricked up a little bit. And then when I heard he was in the personnel, I was like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Uh, and we con- we definitely played three five two defensively, I think. But offensively, you'd see Napo press up immediately on the right side. And Sharpie would play a little bit more like a standard run-of-the-mill fullback. Run-of-the-mill being an operative term. Uh, so, it, you know, it wasn't a, a, you know, nuts and bolts three, like Bielsa three five two, But it was just a really neat tactical switch that we did. Uh, and then when the subs started coming in, there were some other neat things. We did. Oscar ended up playing some defensive central midfield again. Uh, you know, we had Johnson and Ombi playing wide, and then there was a center forward that didn't really play center forward. Uh, Bone, I guess, kind of occupied that role. This is late on in the game there, when the result is assured. Mm-hmm. We attempted almost 600 passes in this game, uh, completed well over 500 of them. Uh you know, St. Louis was just chasing, chasing, chasing the entire time and could not. We just would never let them have the ball. And I, I think that some, some of that has to do with the fact that we just had an overwhelming amount of manpower in the midfield. That helped out a lot. Uh, but the two-man striker system worked out a lot better than I might have expected. I, and, but it worked well because Cam, you know, not necessarily a hold-up player, but can do that in a pinch. And he and Antoine were worked really, really well together, I felt like, in this game. You know, they, Antoine had the opening goal off of a – Beautiful scoop pass after a missed shot from Speedy that we can talk about. and But their combination goal for the second one was – it was the obvious play, and it's just nice to see him make it. Uh, and that's what kind of comes when – it could – when you play the 4-3-3 we've been playing, it, that play can work as well. But in a 3-5-2, your forwards are a lot closer together than, than they are because you're not trying to create any width. And so it worked out great. So Antoine had a great game, uh, you know, two – in uh, what is it? What do we back when they did uh, points in in college soccer? <laughs> he got he'd have two points because a goal and assist, and probably could have had another one. Unlucky not to score a little bit earlier in the game. Yeah, he had a great Cam chance same way even before his first uh, his goal. But yeah, I mean, and after you know after that it was, yeah. I really, the game kind of I won't say boring it was just a bunch, it was like keep away. 
Yeah, I, I would say looking at the game, we were sat back in awe and saying, it's a team that gelled in front of your eyes. It, really it was the, the combination play. And it wasn't it wasn't possession for possession's sake. We were moving the ball forward. We were getting it into dangerous areas. There was one move I remember down the left-hand side where we started in the interchange of passes, but it was never stagnant. It was never just for the sake of it. And by the end of it, I think it was a hope and no chance that almost scored. But the interchange throughout the whole game was incredible. Just looked like a team rounding into form. And I think... Other teams are going to look at that performance, both statistically, but if they watch the video and they're going to be worried about what we're bringing to the table here because we are peaking absolutely at the right time. We talked about it being a must win and the attitude from the team from the first minute, it showed. And I think that might have just put the maybe the nail in St. Louis's coffin and now, you know, we're really in the driver's seat. We keep playing like that. I can't see how anyone's going to stop we'll, us. We'll get to playoff scenarios in a little bit, but that was, I mean... They, they, they had no answer no, for anything I, that we did. I, was, I, like I say, I think it was our most complete game. The, the passing was absolute beauty to watch. I mean, the one-twos, the triangles that they created all up and down the pitch, um, I thought it was the best performance we've had. And let's talk about Antoine for a minute because he has absolutely been terrorizing defenses for the past, you know, on this little run of form we've had seven games unbeaten is it I now said nine last week and i was totally wrong it was six but so, so it's you know. seven now but antoine <laughs> has really come into form I, it, he it's just awesome to watch because i don't when he gets it out there sometimes i'm like what is he gonna is he gonna be able to break free is he gonna do something with it and he does every time he's a little annoyance he's a little pest he really you is. can tell the other teams hate playing him Probably had, personally dislike him too, and I love it. I love it. It's he amazing in his pocket. He was pissed the entire game. But he's created chance after chance. He's had assists. He's had goals. I mean, you got to say he's. And looking back at the trade for Lucky Kosana, um, just a straight up man for man trade. I think that was about the best move we could have made, uh, personnel wise, wise last year, because uh, he, he came on and had a had a really great year last year, but has really come into form now in this run of group play. So definitely want to shout out to him because we've talked a lot about Napo coming in and making a big difference, changing positions, and not to say to take anything away from what he's done, but it's the wing play, right? It's both of them on either side of the field creating havoc. And then, of course, Cam's doing Cam things. And I think his goal, at first I thought, did he almost miss that goal? Because he went upper 90 (laughs) with the goal that looked to be uh, an open shot, but you yeah. look back at the replay, there's a defender, the goalie's tracking back to get in, in the way, and there's a defender on the goal line that he has to avoid as well. So right. it really ends up being a beautiful shot, one touch you know, one touch yeah. from him. Um, I mean, he couldn't have walked, like handed the ball in a better spot. With, you know, it was perfect. So I'll just say from my perspective too, it was, it was really fun watching that game, watching us play with that flow, and actually sitting back watching the game I was never at any point worried we weren't going to win that game. Um, and just having that level of comfort and dominance you could see in our players as well. And I just love that. I just think it's – it's. I haven't felt that much this year. I feel like we've been kind of winning despite ourselves sometimes. And this was just a complete performance that – I don't have anything but good things to say today, and that's rare for me. And I think um, one thing I wanted to touch upon too when we talked about it last week was uh, was defensively – you know, we're going to go with the veteran four-man back line, right, was what we had predicted. And obviously Hackworth is the devotee of the four-man back line. I mean, that's what he believes in. That's what he plays. But for him to pick Wes Sharpie, I think, 
to come into that role in a different formation, I think was brilliant because Wes is a is a veteran player. He fits in with the Pat McMahon, Sean Tosh um, style or veteran type player, and I think he was the person to bring in to, to make that work. Um, and so credit to the coaching staff on that. And, of course, Akil and Jogo come in later and get their minutes and I, and I was going to mention. He played well, but he didn't. He played midfield. Yeah, I he like him really in the middle. Well I think Akil might might fit better there, honestly, because we've gotten nervous. I'll be the first to admit we've gotten nervous when we've seen a Jogo Akil uh, on on our wing on our wing backs. It's exciting, but um, you're holding your breath the whole time. Exactly, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and it's just I think it's just experience. I think it's positionally, um, we they're, they're not quite where the other guys are now offensively and running forward. I mean. Uh, Jonathan Gomez looks like he's going to be a world beater. I mean, he looks well, like he can, be, can put a good ball in. For yeah, sure, I mean, I kind of see him as maybe like a John Onorisa, one of my favorite players of uh, from growing up, sure. with that left foot and just bombing the wing. And I think he can do that. And I think just, I think defensively they got to pick it up a little bit, cohesive cohesion wise. Maybe I don't know if that's the right word, yeah. but. I think on that point, Ty, I think there have been some games this year where Sharpie hasn't looked convincing. Uh, you know, just where we've in the crowd been like, oh, he just maybe a foot wrong here, maybe not looking confident on the ball, mistakes that we're not usually used to seeing. And, and so I questioned a little bit whether he was the right man to come in. But I think he answered all doubts this week. I think he played fantastically well and, and it helps deserved it. I don't know. It, I would put, you could put Tosh in the role that he played, although Tosh does, I like Tosh as a central. If you're going to play a three-man back line, I like Tosh mm-hmm. in the middle. But Sharpie fits well with that hybrid center back slash fullback role, which, right. is, like I said, that's kind of what he played. He didn't just play – necessarily right-sided center back, frankly, because there wasn't a whole lot of reason for I mean, Tyler Blackwood had a couple mm-hmm. of chances. Yeah. Uh, but they were so they were central. Um, and I, I do want to say, I think Tosh got had the freedom to do what he wanted to do in this game and occasionally made some fun runs, but he was, uns, you know, never never a doubt when he had to track back. And then Alexi, who I have been really impressed with because he's been allowed to do some creative things this year too, and I think he's done really well with that. In spots, he didn't do a lot, but, I mean, we had so much of the ball in the second half. I mean, they were pressing forward almost 18-yard box when we had possession. It was crazy. Um, the only criticism I have of this game is, frankly, we probably should have scored more. I think we kind of screwed around a little bit in the second half, and I, I called it toying with our food. And I was just I was like, I hope it doesn't come back to bite us. It didn't. Um, it know, almost did. Cicerone cleaned yeah. through to make it 2-1. Yeah, the I unlucky still felt not to good, score though. Yeah. Still felt good that we'd have been okay, but – yeah. That's one that we'd like to. But I, but not I felt like we should have been. We had opportunities in the second half to score. Yep. They weren't great. Like I, when looked at the stats, big chances. We only had two. We scored three goals. We created like I forget six, nine, yep. maybe more. We had twenty-two shots on tar, on, not on target, but twenty-two shots. I think well over ten on target. Uh, but big chances. We had two. We converted both of them. Uh, that was great. So you know I can't complain too much. But I really did feel like we we could have scored four or five in that game. Um, Absolutely. Three is good. You know, the, the old closing whistle, I was glad that J.J. got on the board. Hopefully that does something for his confidence. Because um, watching Ombi go down and burn up all that space and then have nothing to, like, nothing to do after he made, made the shot for himself or for a teammate, it was frustrating after a little bit. But he literally couldn't have out. left it any later, right? Yeah. <laughs> it absolutely. was the literal the last, last kick, kick of the of game. game. Yeah. So good for him. <laughs> so, yeah, but it, like I said, dominant performance. Um, New record and, crowd. Yeah, but yeah, forty-eight fifty-two. The other we called it. came out. We called it. So it all worked out. Uh, maybe we'll get forty-eight fifty-three on Saturday. Uh, um, I'm going to bet we will. Yeah, there's a possibility. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, that that put us uh, what on twenty five points. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. That's right. Indy's uh, at twenty two, and St. Louis is at eighteen. Right. So we got a little bit of breathing room between us and uh, St. Louis going into the last four games of the season, one of which is being played tonight uh, in Indianapolis. Um, so do we have three or four left? We got four, we, including this one. Okay. So Indy, St. Louis, by the time this comes out, Swope, and Memphis. Memphis okay. Right. Okay. Um, that gives us, like I said, a little bit of breathing room with four games to play. I don't – St. Louis has to play Indy twice. Uh, so those two, you know, they might split points. I, I feel quite comfortable that we're going to make the playoffs. What position we land in is another matter. Right. Uh, and that matters a lot because uh, the USL, like you said last week, Ty, finally officially announced the way these playoff situations are going to work. So we're in Group E. Let's focus on that. We will play the – these, if, if we win the group, we'll play the second-place team from group, what is that? Group F. F. Yeah. Which is Hartford, Pittsburgh, and then a bunch of two teams that are not playing well. So, yeah, Hart, so likely Hartford if, if we win the group. If we lose the group, we have to go to Pittsburgh uh, in, in the opening round, which I think sucks, um, frankly, because Pittsburgh gets to play in a group where it was going to be them and probably Hartford that got out of it no matter what happened. Because uh, they get to beat, do nothing but pound on two teams the entire time. Meanwhile, we've got to play, uh, you know, difficult teams in Indianapolis and in St. Louis. And Sporting Kansas City is a lot better than the record indicates. They were, uh, they've kind of fallen off as the season's gone on. But starting out the gate, they were tough. Oh, they're mm-hmm. tough, and they're they're the best two team. I, I think you could argue they're the best two team outside of what Los Dos got I robbed last week said. against Indy. They should have taken yeah, points of Indy last week. Oh my gosh! Worst call I may have seen all season, and that's saying a lot because this is the USL. Yeah, and from a roster and probably from a budget standpoint, Indy and St. Louis, two of the teams, the deepest, best rosters out there. You think of St. Louis with Cicerone, Fall, yeah. likes of those players. And then Indy, Indy obviously have a great, a great squad, I think, overall. So we really did draw the short straw by virtue of geography. We did. And it was the, I think Group E, and there's a national pe- pod, podcast have said the same thing. Our group is the hardest group, in, and Scott Stewart said it on his show earlier this yeah, week. Totally folks, agree. Yeah. It's the hardest group in the league. Now, Landon Donovan said that his group was the hardest. Did you see? I saw some quotes <laughs> out, of, out of San Diego well, coming in. And that, he's, got, <laughs> he's got an argument. Don't get me wrong, but I, you know, I, I, I don't agree. Who's he got? He's got Phoenix and uh, Orange County and... Los Dos, and, who are good. Okay. And Vegas. He's got... Oh, I don't Vegas even think is Phoenix is in Can his group. Can we be honest, though? It's the Western Conference. Yeah. It's the JV League. Yeah. I'm going to say it. <laughs> the oh, only no. team out there that scares me... Well, I take... Reno is scary, but Phoenix is the only team out there that I really... That I lose... That I would, would lose any sleep over. El Paso. Not worried looks about El Paso. Good. El Paso looks good. They got that kid right. from Louisville, Dylan Morris, who... Oh, yeah. Who I would like to see in purple at some point, but he's he's play, having a pretty good season out there. Um, yeah. But Western Conference doesn't worry me. No. I'll worry about getting out of the East and whoever they bring to the table. Yeah. Feel well, good if, about if being we get out of this bracket. I mean, it's yep. you, you feel pretty good. So that Pittsburgh is very good. They got twenty eight points on the season. Do you guys have a plus twenty eight goal difference right now? Pittsburgh does. Yeah, they've given yeah. up eight goals all oh season. Oh my gosh, it's insane. Now, one thing to keep your eye on when we think about the um, not to look ahead, but I'm going to look ahead. Yeah, we're allowed to. We're not, <laughs> we're not on the team. Um, you know, looking just at the point totals and how that's going to dictate hosting uh, in the second round of the playoffs. We definitely need to accumulate some points uh, in these last four games. I agree. Um, at the end of the day, winning the group is what matters, but we have to make sure we don't slip up against 
you know, Sporting or Memphis, for example. We need to take six points, we need to score some goals, because at the end of the day, when you look at the other groupings, there are teams out there that have more or close to the same amount of points as, as us in first and second place. Yeah. So uh, hosting, I think, is very important throughout mm. the playoffs, and we've seen it ourselves in our history. Well, let's uh, talk about our, our remaining run-ins, so starting with tonight. Uh, we play at Indy. Uh, I'd meant to do some quick iPhone research to determine whether or not Tyler Pasher is actually going to play in this game uh, because I was led to believe that he, he may not, um, and I'm not sure why I have that inkling, but I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll know <laughs> shortly, I'm sure, whether or not he'll start or play or is on the bench or whatever. Um, but Indy's had a week off since their last game against St. Louis, or, or sorry, uh, Sporting Kansas City. We had our game Saturday, we have a game today, and we've got a game on Saturday this coming Saturday, uh, a home game against Memphis. So uh, a lot of games thick and fast, and we got to worry about legs. You know, the, our midfield played, all of them played at least 82 minutes, I think, 80, 80 minutes, two minutes in the last game. Uh, I think they're probably good to go tonight, but I, that would, I would be concerned about them playing 360 yeah. or wh- whatever the number is. We have to take into account it did rain as yeah. well on Saturday night. Field probably a little. It's a nice new yeah. field. Anyway, but 270 minutes in, in the side of eight days is a lot, I think. So and they the and the real the real concern is, I don't know if all three of those guys can can if it's wise to do that. So I, you have some judgment. Well, and they're going to take a beating on that field in Indy. You know, yeah, that, that NFL turf. I just it just hurts to. You just people reminded run. me that I need to listen to this game on the radio. So yeah. watching that on TV, yeah, oh my gosh. So I, you know, I kind of wonder, and I doubt this happens, but I would be, I wouldn't be upset if they tried to play a lot more conservative in this game and not run their damn legs off. But I doubt that's going to happen. I mean, it's just not the way this team's built. No. But pragmatically, I would say let's do. Heck, let's play a bucket or whatever, which is not in our DNA. I don't expect it, but I wouldn't be upset to see it just because it, from a, like I said, from a pragmatic, if we, if we split the points in this game, that's okay. I know, Robbie, you're, you just said that we need to get all the points we can, and I agree. But if we split in this one, we've we've taken, what, seven points off of Indy already. Yeah. That's awesome. No, right I now. totally agree. I, I, was <laughs> yeah. at, I was actually going to contradict myself and say the same thing, that a point tonight is a great point because yeah. it keeps us a, our noses ahead with the, frankly, easier games to come. Um, so, yeah, I like a point tonight, and I like us to set our stall out, not in a defensive fashion, maybe, maybe hopefully not as – uh, defensively, even as we did a couple of games ago, I'd like to see us carry the momentum from the other night with the way we play some soccer. But at the end of the day, we have to realize we're on their field, their weird, their weird environment. Yeah. So if we set up a little more defensively tonight, satisfied with the point, that's fine by me. Yeah, right. I think if we find a way to limit their trips into the final third, I think I, we we do. I'll be I'll be pleased. I don't know how you do that necessarily, especially with Pasher on the field. Carlton's cooled off quite a bit, but that doesn't make him any less dangerous. You know, Nick Moon is a decent player. Ayose, I think, is back, which is not a good thing for us necessarily. So, you know, it's going to be tough. They're going to be up for it for sure because they don't want to play Pittsburgh either. Well, I'll be interested to see what, <laughs> so, they, you know. what they bring out because they've got to be thinking about changes in lineup, formation, tactics, something because Coach Rennie's got to be just – He's, was, he's been upset you know, the last couple of games. Right, and they've yeah. been on a horrible run of form. Louisville's owned them this season and beyond, yeah. Going looking back. Big yeah. brother. And, uh, yeah, you got the Indy star calling him little brother. That's, that's <laughs> tough. And it, there's a lot of pressure on them to make. But the thing is, is like, not, that, that team does not scare me one bit. Pasher's runs 
and he's going to get a couple are scary. But I don't. I haven't seen another they don't player do a whole lot that's to really other, look, other chances. I haven't At seen another player lately. Yeah. No, and I and I and I feel like every time we played them, we looked like the better team. Even when we tied them that time, yeah. we just looked like the better team. They, they're bigger, and they play a different sort of brand of soccer that I don't think matches well with us. Our our brand is 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 much more conducive to to winning that battle i think and it's shown three out of four times i think the key to them is frankly figuring how out how to isolate neville hackshaw away from I, either make him pinch in and make him irrelevant as far as defending one-on-one -on -one outside or pull him way wide so that everybody else has to kind of pull over because they play a three-man back line fairly fairly regularly uh and he and pat and hackshaw and barrett are good players uh annoying uh, oh I, but gosh. I really like Hackshaw, frankly. Patty Barrett is I can't super annoying. I'm sorry. Can't stand <laughs> uh, and frankly, he's due some karmic payback after last week uh, against against KC that flop that he didn't that he should have gotten. A after he from. almost pulled that guy down, yeah, for the entire corner kick run up. I mean, <laughs> but you know, all in due time, I'm, it'll come one way or the other. But uh, you know. shocking to see poor refereeing in our league. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we got uh, we've either got because but that's also Napo's side and Napo does well against Hackshaw. Not a lot of success, but at least keeps him busy. So if we can find a way to switch fields from that side and and find a wide open left hand side, we're hoping over whoever happens. Keep to hoping on the channels, you know. Or, and yeah, running Hopeno's off done those. Well, but do we do we see, does he play? Does Ombi play was, again? We we yeah. don't know the answer. We I was just about see. to say the same thing, t um, Taylor. I was wondering. He's put a lot of miles on his legs these last few games. Yeah. And it might be the night to, to give Ombi a start because he hasn't in a while. Well, and we could do the same thing we did last time because mm -hmm. Luke didn't. Luke was out over the weekend yep. have, with a baby. Yep. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations yeah. to him. So yes. I, I wouldn't hate to see him get some run. We haven't. Yeah. I was just thinking, I saw it for the first time in a while on the sideline on Saturday. Hadn't seen hide or hair of Abdu in a while. Mm -hmm. Seen him out here in the practice fields more. I've seen him on our playing field, mm -hmm. and that he was lighting it up in preseason. And yeah, that was like a million years ago at yeah. this point. Uh, it certainly feels that way. Um, but you know, I, I think we might do some interesting things in this game. I mean, we definitely yeah. switched up the last one. I think we've got, as long as we we're sound defensively, I think we've got the mm -hmm. ability and the opportunity to yeah. do some different stuff. Because that's where that's where it's we've not looked. We've not given them the same look in any game we've played so far. I don't know yeah. why this would be any different. I really like Homby out on that field, you know, football field, fast turf. Yeah. With his speed, he's liable at any point to, to nip in front of someone, win as a penalty, do, do something a little different tonight. Let Hopano rest his legs for the run-in. Give him a run-out. I think that's a big move. Um, I think I probably still start Cam tonight, personally. But I'm thinking I'm looking around that 60, 65 minutes, get him out, yeah. get him rested, and then give Luke a full you know, 30, 35 minutes to really make a difference and beat them up. Though, to, to your point earlier with their big centre-halves, and they have, I know Luke was fairly effective last time and at least keeping them busy, so there is a good argument that could be done. But personally, I like to give Cam, he just scored, keep him going, see yeah. if he can get another one, uh, keep his momentum going Are we well. thinking Luke and Pat will be back from there? And, of course, Pat, congratulations on the nuptials, right? Yep, and yep. So Married man now. We'll have... To, you know, you got to think maybe there's a baby moon and a honeymoon going on. We don't we don't know exactly. Well, who's I think be the in honeymoon yet. can happen after the season. <laughs> yeah. I, like think. I, I think I, I think Pat will probably be back and he will probably play. Um, but aside from that, I don't know. My, like I said, my greater concern is what do we do about the midfield? I don't know. I don't know how we manage that. Well, and like you say, Bone, Speedy, Paolo have put in 
substantial minutes every game, right? For yeah. So, but I don't know how. I don't know who who you're going to move in there. Like it's well, like like we just said, Akil put in a nice shift in the middle last game. Oscars we've seen in the middle a little bit here and there. Um, you got Arda Balut. What's Arda Balut? Okay, maybe, Balut. Yeah, yeah we haven't talked MIA. about the new, si- I the new signing. I, I don't think he's even made a, made a team sheet, well, so I'm I, not worried about him. I would think. Well, Elijah. Well, I wouldn't put Elijah in this game. I'll, maybe I'll save yeah, Elijah for Elijah's Saturday. Another yeah. center, center mid option, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm thinking maybe these types of changes might be better suited to some of the other games we have coming up, like Saturday. Exactly. Let's talk about that one. Um, the only interesting thing about that one is uh, Memphis just fired their coach yesterday. Tim Mulqueen, who's been their first and only coach, their this is this their second season or third second season. Second season. Uh, Memphis has been bad, uh, to be frank. We beat them. It was a tougher game down there last year. Did you go to that one, Ty? No, we did not you make that one. You didn't go to that one. Uh, but anyway, they've, they've we had to come back. I think we were down one nothing yeah. maybe, and they, came back and beat them at, at their place. They've been poor. I found it a little odd that they would fire the guy like with what three, four games to go in the season, like as though it would make a, a, any kind of difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought uh, up their assistant coach Ben Perman, who was former head coach at Detroit City FC, and did great things there. He's there for six years, uh, and also was an assistant coach for Michigan State. Um, so it's a good step up for him, even if just an interim role. Hopefully, he makes some waves and has a chance at the at the senior job, although, frankly, that organization needs a little bit more than just to change a head coach to change yeah, their fortunes. You've got to think uh, Tim Howard's going to have connections throughout the world. He's going to be looking to make a splash, I would think. Now, I don't know what kind of budget they're working on there He's for a head gonna coach. He's going to make himself player coach at this rate. Uh, yeah. give himself another <laughs> could, job. Could, could be. I, I don't know, though. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him. Sure, <laughs> sure. But I do think his name will give them a cachet to draw in potentially someone maybe a little above where they what, who they should be getting. Um, so it will be interesting to see what that hire is, and maybe that's what he's thinking too. The European leagues are just starting. Maybe he's looking far afield. So maybe the move is now as Europe is just getting kicked off. There might be some guys out there that might not be available halfway through the season. They've got – I couldn't tell you the name of a player on their team. I, I do know they've got a youth, uh, youth talent uh, that – his name escapes me. That is a pretty good player. I think, that, I think Brandon Allen is up up top for them, isn't he? Still really? there? Yeah. No. Journeyman, you know, and our nemesis from. Yeah, five, I'll never four forget him ago. from yeah. sixteen when he, you know, was running yeah. top for uh, Red Bulls and yeah. scored a couple penalties. Again. He seems well, like he also had uh, every game. Aaron Long and and Tyler Adams helping him out, which is definitely yeah. something. That, They've that, obviously got my right. old uh, teammate, Mr. Mark Birch, at, uh, right. who's still playing at the back. At he's. I'm pushing 40, so he's pushing 40, too. <laughs> I looked him up. He's 36, Robbie. You're yeah. a little bit older. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were talking about him the other night because you, you all played together at Evansville, right? Yeah, that's right. And hes I can't believe he's still playing, but, you know, respect to him. Had a good yeah, MLS career, and now he's yeah. hanging on there. But obviously, as club captain, he's not seeing the results he'd like. Or at least he was club captain. I presume he still is. Um, I'm going to preempt something here real quick here because we did—we actually got a couple of questions for Ask Barrel Proof. And one of these oh, man, pertinent. cool. Uh, so I'm going to ask this one early, and then we'll get to the rest of them later. But uh, <laughs> the Heretics, I'm going to actually do this the right oh way boy. and say it the way they meant to say it. Hold on if I can find it. Wrong account. Crap. Is this time to put the earmuffs on for any kids who are listening in the car? No, not yet. <laughs> okay, their question is, in four of the past five years, we've lost games to team fit teams that finished last or close to it. Don't remind me. 2015, we lost that god-awful game to Montreal. We were all there. We all remember the Sharks, Beach Night. Beach Night, yep. 2017, uh, Toronto FC2. That was an awful one. I think I was in the, like, 
four one. No, that was the angel. That 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 was eighteen. That was eighteen. Well, we lost to him in seventeen. Well. Oh, that okay. That's right. Because they had a, okay. that on hell. What's his name? That stopped everything. That came, he was five feet tall. Yes, and stopped, I remember like, now. But like I'm thinking about in eighteen when it was Hackworth's first like home game or second home game or something. It was four yeah, one. We lost. Yeah. To Toronto, and, and of course, then we, then we didn't lose. Off like ten games. Then we ran off ten games and win the championship. And then last year we lost to Swope Park Rangers. This year we lost to them as well. But last year they. They were bad, and then we had that one game where we put eight Away. on. That was oh, fun. that game was awful. But we lost the horrible. That was the that we was lost a heartbreaker. We lost them, and oh, we lost no. to Union Two, which was another game that made me want to jump off a bridge, or maybe it was loud. And either way, they were. So where's the question other than just making us feel bad here? Yeah. <laughs> the question is, does Memphis fit this pattern? Because even oh. if they're not a two team, is this tweet a reverse jinx or a double reverse jinx? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Asperoproof. Thanks, Mark and James. Hmm. I'll let you go first tie on this one. I haven't seen Memphis play enough to know how dangerous they are. Like I say, Brandon Allen is a scorer. I mean, he's been at Red Bulls. He's been at Tampa Bay. Now he's at Memphis. I mean, the guy can. Their problem is they blow leads. Their last game against North Carolina FC, they had a two-goal lead going into like the 80th minute and gave up three in the last 10 minutes, which is a big reason why Mulqueen got fired. And that had, that's happened to them multiple times this yeah. year. They're in a not very good group, and they're not doing jack shit with mm-hmm. it. I don't see us. I don't see them standing a chance at home. But like, like to the the question's point, those these are home games that we've um, yeah. kind of laid an egg yeah. on. So yeah. I'm I'm gonna say this is a reverse. I guess if I'm getting this right, this is a reverse jinx they're throwing here. I see no way we lose that game. This is slightly different this year. We're later in the season. There's more to play for. The points matter in this case. A lot of those games were not quite this deep in the run-in. There wasn't seeding position at, uh, at stake. So I think, to answer the question, I don't think we're going to slip on a banana peel this time. I think we're going to do what we need to do and probably get at least 10 points out of these last four games. I'll say that the risk is – I mean, it's a fair question, though, because, like I said, it's the third game in eight days. That's a lot. That's right. a lot of soccer. That's a lot of time on the legs. They are not going to be in the same position. They all had a whole week off. Uh, but I'm, I don't. I certainly am not predicting a loss in that game. So. No, it's a very I think, fair question. And we're in top form right now, as you say, because some of that, mm-hmm. some of that, those flukes, I'll call them, occurred in, in not pivotal points of the season. Whereas here, every game's a playoff game. I feel like a lot of those games were kind of in the middle of summer as well. That one of those, some of those the dog Toronto, days of the, summer. The, one in tw- the TFC game in, in 2018 was the only one that was kind of abnormal. Yeah, uh, and that was a weird season, as we as we all well know. So there's that. Uh, let's talk. We've talked a little bit playoff. Do we want to do any more things? Do we have any more aspirational proof? Or? Yeah, we do. We can. I can keep rolling. Let's go. I just thought of something because Robbie, you mentioned um, like uh, you know one potentially seeing Ombi make a run at it tonight. I'm thinking maybe Johnson on the other side. Maybe give Napo a rest too. Could be. You know, I don't think um, Johnson brings as much uh, defensive support as Napo would be my one hesitation in an away game like this with a team that's probably desperate to beat us. Right. Napo really puts his work yeah, in up and down. The defensive, and, uh, the defensive prowess is, it does make, differentiate him, I yeah, agree. Yeah, so I Johnson, agree. I'm not sure if he has that kind of motor. Um, I'm not sure he's got the stamina as well. I mean, yeah. he might not be game, he might be 90 minutes fit. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, just... Napo's a different animal. He never stops no, running. No, he right? is. He just never stops Napo, running. Napo, are you tired? Yeah. <laughs> that chant really took off, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that was my first attempt. You can't write a song. We need for to a reference chant. what Barrel Proof uh, episode that was. So. Ken, Ken Luther didn't give me the chant, like <laughs> like the tutorial on how to write a chant before I went out and tried to write a chant of like 15 verses. I think Ken's going to have a comeback to that next week. Yeah, uh, he's, he's going to get bored with all this COVID stuff. Well, after I did that, then he, then he came out with the chant <laughs> tutorial, which is like 
two lines, catchy, <laughs> easy to repeat. Three words. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it just can't be all. So okay, but Ty. the Napo song was recorded, and it's in the history books of Barrel Proof uh, lore, and will always go down as my one singing opportunity. I don't know why he doesn't get the Napo mezzo so he scores when he wants, Chan. Nobody, no one seems to know that in that stadium. It makes me very sad. He's the master of the scuffed finish, or the. That's uh, true. Hey, they go in. They go in. I don't care how they go in. All right, uh, let's do a couple more of these then. Uh, one is from uh, Mister, which is, who is at he hate UK. I'll forgive it for just because he talks to us. Uh, he sent us, he tweeted us a picture of uh, John Hackworth's yakking with hack segment that he does every week on WDRB, uh, and it appears there's only one uh, nice uh, appointed leather seat Ooh. between him and uh, I think who's it? Andrew Chernoff. That does, I don't know who does the interviews with him, uh, but he asks. These guys are not six of six feet apart. Do they deserve a World of Beer yellow card? Rules are the rules, I guess so. I mean, it yeah. seems like it seems like they do. I've yeah. seen I've seen Hack seen giving the, them you've out. You've seen the the PSA yeah. enough times. Right. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. He's on a yellow. <laughs> uh, the next one is from a new uh, supporters group, the Louisville Ledgehogs, who I'm I don't know anything about, but I'm fascinated by. How are we not Ledgehogs? We're we're Ledge as well. Yeah. So he, I know the fella. I don't want to out him if he's trying to keep it this anonymous. He, he, but he put a picture of himself. Yeah, in his name's Todd. <laughs> anyway, I've met, I know him fairly well. He came to Indianapolis with us on the bus on the City Dads bus yep. last season, and so he's got a ledge table. We're down a little bit from him, but it's great. It's it it's life on the ledge. That's why we got our tickets there. It's like concourse living. I mean, you can't you become the most seats. popular people in the stadium when you have a table. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, I'm on the other side where I don't have to deal with the sun, but otherwise I would have done that. Uh, so he asked, if we all get up and walk in a circle before each game, can we count that as a march to the match? I call it more of a hokey pokey type situation, but knock yourself out. No, that, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna. I'm well, gonna I kind of do that anyway because I stop by. I go the opposite way and stop mm-hmm. behind Four Roses back there for the Bourbon Slushy on my way around. I need to make that to the Ledge Hogs. So mm-hmm. I think if you throw in the Napo chant while you're doing it, it counts as a, right. a march to the match. So. Mm-hmm. I do miss that though. Just to be honest, I miss the atmosphere in that moment when. When that that horde of crazy people walk in the stadium and everyone turns and looks, that's something that hopefully next season when we get back, that's going to be really cool. The new stadium. All right, the last one I've got is, and this is apropos of nothing. Uh, Prophet, our good friend Professor Sapienza asks, does Batman count as a superhero as he has no powers? He is brave and he has a lot of gadgets, but is he a superhero? Per mm. the movie, I'm going to say no. Per what the Justice League, his superpower is being incredibly it. rich. He says that, so I'm going to say yes. I think yeah, he is too. Warren Buffett's incredibly rich. He's not going off and catching criminals and stuff. <laughs> Batman is. So I'm going to go with no. He stumped me. I, I would have said yes, but when you think about it, I guess he he does not have. But he heal. It feel like he gets beat down and he and heals up. It's called plot armor. <laughs> he's also incre- He's also incredibly smart and intelligent, which. By virtue, maybe genius level IQ could be a superpower, yeah. but mm, not, I'm not buying it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has Iron quite man, the no. quite the Iron way man, with the ladies as well. Either, um, <laughs> the suit is what does it all. I don't know. I mean, that, he did build the suit. Yeah, well, at yeah, least that's his a whole suit looks somewhat like our chain strip this year, the the black one. So, you know. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that does it for Ask Barrel Proof. What else do we all want to talk about? I wanted to give a shout out to the in the house fellas Evan and Andy for because the, they 
just dropped their last kind of podcast oh, together. They? Yeah. And um, just they were they've been great. Yeah. I mean, they they still are, of course, but the podcast I super, I enjoyed even I mean, my favorite probably Blue City podcast. I mean, other you know, obviously I love to talk and hear myself talk about Louisville City more than anything. <laughs> but you can just they, do that in the shower. I mean, they are second <laughs> second to none in terms of content, humor, uh, camaraderie, supporter group culture. I mean, they're just great. Apologies and, to all of the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so no. I wanted to give them a shout out because they're ending their run, I guess, so to speak. And yeah. Um, It'll yeah. be. I, I know they've been trying to get folks to replace them. I, I haven't listened to it yet, so hopefully they've had some success. In that. I think they. I think. Yeah. Um, I think they will, and they got big shoes to fill. But I'm confident that in the house will keep going and be another yeah. hour of our uh, week. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess the only other thing I wanted to maybe we we talked very after we got off air last week. Uh, some of the news with racing with the upcoming expansion yeah. draft, and also just in the. Uh, NWSL in general it's been kind of an interesting couple of weeks with the it seems like the Premier League is starting to try and poach some of the the talent there so hopefully they leave a little bit for us when we uh, when we yeah, build our roster that makes uh, for an in- I'm glad you mentioned that Robbie because I've I have kind of been trying to figure that out myself recently the expansion draft probably will not be until February of next year um, and the there it, so what that means is that clubs get to protect up to nine players, and that, but that can include two allocated players, which basically means two players that are on salary with the women's national team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the players that you want. Yep. But there are the concerns that underlie all that are several, uh, one of which is uh, are we even going to be able what's, – what what's the league going to do in 2021? We don't know because mm-hmm. they've kind of had to slap things together. And they've done a decent enough job of it this year, but it's been, COVID's been hard on everybody. It's been especially hard on that league. Um, yeah. It's a, but one of the bypro- another byproduct of COVID is because NWSL wasn't really sure whether they're even going to play. Basically, every starting member of the national team either is just not playing, opted out to play altogether, or has gone over to England. Has gone overseas, yeah. Uh, for good reason, they pay them more over there. Uh, Manchester United apparently is getting into the game. Manchester City has been in the game. Chelsea awesome. uh, has got Carly Lloyd and a few others. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex Morgan, I think, is, is just Tottenham. went over. Yeah. Um, so there's that to be considered. Now, is that season going to overlap? The, I haven't looked at the schedules. Is that well, going to overlap the NWSL season? Oftentimes, because NWSL season isn't very long, players will go over there in the wintertime just to stay sharp, especially we're coming up on you know World Cup qualifying and things like that for the women's team as well. So they just want to make sure they can mm-hmm. still play, stay in shape, stay sharp. Because uh, they're not all good teams in the FAWSL, but they're, yeah. so, there are some good ones. Um, and, you know, France is the same way. You know, PSG yep. and Lyon and, mm-hmm. and are, are good, but then the rest of the league is not great. Yeah. Um, but it's something to do, and it's a paycheck. Uh, and like I said, because they also weren't really sure what this fall thing that mm-hmm. NWSL is doing, how that was going to pan out. So they went for the sure thing. Also, you can travel in Europe, and you can't travel in the United States. So there's that to be considered. Yeah. I mean, if you had to pick a place to be right now, I would go to the place that had a lot less COVID problems than we do. So can't blame them for that. Um, so selfishly, we just wonder. Hope we hope, right, that the league has a good foundation next year, and that the product that we can put put on the field. And we understand we're an expansion team. We're not yeah. going. We're, we're not getting the very very top players because they're going to be protected. Right. But we hope there's enough quality left over, some marquee names that we can really generate that buzz that we want. Oh, well, and that's going to be challenging too, though, because yeah. you've also got folks. For example, Orlando City 
or excuse me, not Orlando City, Orlando Pride, uh, have like I think five or six national team players on that roster, but two of them are married, uh, Allie Krieger and Alyssa or, or Ashlyn Harris. And so if you take one and not the other, you're not you're not getting either one. They'll they'll probably just retire, you know. So there's all there's those kinds of situations to deal with. Just Sydney Larue, same way. She's not a national team player anymore, I don't think really. But Dom Dwyer still lives down there. Mm-hmm. She's probably not going to just and she's got one or two babies. She's probably not just going to up and leave her family yeah. to come play professional soccer. She might just retire. She's getting closer to thirty or past thirty by now anyway. So you got it. It's easier to figure out who you can't get than it is to figure out who you can. So I think that's going to be yeah. real interesting. We don't know what the pool is going to look like, but yeah. it is fun to think about. Um, you know, and I think ultimately there's going to be the local support. We've already got the deposits and, and the yeah. kind of fan buzz that it's going to be successful. You just want to, we want to ensure we don't, we're not, we don't just want to be average, right? We want to be great. Right. We want this club to just take off. And those marquee names, if you can get even just one, I think takes you from kind of the middle of the pack to, to we could be yeah. leaders. On that note, Christy Holly is having uh, some kind of fans only or season ticket members only. Uh, I don't know if it's a Zoom call or, for, or how it's going to work. And greet, meet and greet, something yeah. kind of Virtual thing. meet and Coming greet. Coming up, what, yeah. next week? Uh, and I'm going to try and make that. Because that's the kind of question I want to ask him. Like, how are you figuring out what's available and how what, how are you going to build your roster? Because, yeah, you know, MLS has got crazy. I know he's talking rules. with agents now. I mean, just from. Yeah, trying to feel out who's even interested in coming. Right. Um, because, you know, some places like Portland, Seattle, those are places that NWSL players want to play. Uh, I think. You know, we all have lived here most of our lives, except for Robbie, but still Robbie's been here long enough, have lived here in Louisville for most of our lives and know how great of a city it is. But a lot of folks that don't know anything about us other than KFC and the Derby, probably just like, why would I want to go play there? So, you know, we're going to have to do a little bit of a sell job too. But I'll, but what we can point to is look at how successful our men's team has been given the same circumstances. And take a tour of Lynn Family Stadium, is which true. is going to be the nicest stadium in the NWSL, probably. Probably. I mean, aside from the, the women that are playing in – you know, existing soccer-specific stadiums right, right. that have a, you know, have a similar... Like, I think the Pride play where, this, where the Orlando City play. Right, so that, there's but. some nice places, but, I mean, you look at the facilities, That's a, that, that would, to me, would be a huge draw for a potential player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but, I mean, at, at the same time, they, like, a lot of these higher-caliber players are, are looking at, what does this do for me from a getting ready for the World Cup type type yeah. situation? So that's a lens that you got to look through, because there'll be, there'll be two seasons... We'll, I don't know how the contract's going to work, but we'll be two seasons removed from the next Women's World Cup. So when we yeah. kick off, something to think about. So it's exciting and to be talking to about the, the training field as well. The training facility, which I just saw an overhead picture of online, and it's really yeah, starting to come. I keep along. meaning yeah. to go over there and check that out. So I'm, we'll be supposedly we'll be, be pra- like our our kids will be practicing yeah. over there pretty soon. So right. we'll see how that goes. We'll get to see it live and in the flesh soon enough. Cool. All right, guys, got uh, anything else? No, I guess we're going to watch this game, but maybe predictions. Gosh, we've got to watch that field, which is hurts the eyes. I might put it on mute, though. I don't know. We were in Indy last week, or two weekends ago, I guess, for the youth tournament, and I watched the game. It was in Indy, and I watched the game, and the announcers are super, super homers. Like, I don't know if you've noticed that. The Indy guys, even even that Sporting KC call, you know, they were talking about how the Sporting KC guy that scored wasn't, like, having a hissy fit to the ref about the call and they're like well he must, he must know that he's guilty because he he's not really giving the ref much of much of a case here so yeah he, he got him he got patty there you know i mean it was just but that being said 
I will say they do a great job in Indianapolis on the broadcast. Like they had, like Coach Rennie was at halftime. They had him interviewed at halftime. You know how they do, mm-hmm. and like uh, by the NFL, you know, NFL or, yeah. or MLS, like he's he's given a rundown at halftime, and then they have a whole post game show. It, it lasted like a thirty minutes after the game. I'm sure, I had a lot of good things to say. Oh, they, they were devastated. Us. They were devastated. <laughs> I mean, they were just Ooh. heartbroken. I've got uh, Indy starting eleven. By the way, you want me to run through it? Well, sure. Do we gonna... boo after every name? Is that what we <laughs> sure, <doing>? why not? <laughs> Uh, Newton's going to start in goal. Ooh. Hackshaw, Barrett, and we met in the back. Of course. Ayose, uh, Haworth, Tyler Gibson, Drew Connor, Cameron Lindley, Nick Moon, and I think I forget the Raffinello guy. So no oh, Pasha. Wow. Pasha. No Pasha. No pa- Pasha's on the bench. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor Antley's on the bench. Ilya's on the bench. Jordan Farr, Andrew Carlton. Carlton's not starting. I, what are they doing? Well, he had a cast on his arm last time he oh, played, right? Him. Yeah, I wonder why they had to make him wrap in a bubble wrap. Like like Tatum used to yeah Tatum why well, don't they have the bubble wrapping? Uh, so yeah that's a that's a good starting eleven but that's you know no Pasher on the field we're no Pasher no, and no Carlton um, we're happy I'm with that. Louisville City win yeah we're happy with that lineup yeah. we'll be honest I mean I just checked maybe the, they'll uh, do something different maybe there's some wrinkle we aren't seeing yet but yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't put your two best players on the field that changes my prediction I didn't see Elsie's lineup that I didn't yeah. come out yet because okay. so I'm gonna say then given that lineup I've just heard there. I think we win it 2-1. I think we're 2-0 up. I think they make a change, bring on some of those attacking threats, maybe get one late, but I think we hold on and win 2-1. I'm going shutout again. Bagels, baby. I've been for a bunch of shutouts this year. I've kind of – I used to sponsor like the bagels, the shutout yeah, bagels. I remember that. You didn't have to buy too many. But during <laughs> – COVID's kind of killed my – COVID and everything else. It's 2020. I was like, I'm going to let Ben handle it this, this year. But, of course, he's got – Second in the league in shutouts. Yep, I mean, yep. shout out to Ben for having a great season, huh? And he's been locking it down. And one thing, we haven't talked about this, and I do, sorry to prolong this, no, but um, at the first of the season, Robbie and I were talking about how we wanted Ben to get off his lawnmower mm-hmm. and own that box, especially the six-yard box more. And just because he's so big and own it, just get out there, punch the ball, catch it, get on top of those crosses, anticipate. And we wanted to see more of that. And I tell you, it's really come on. Have you noticed that, Robbie? Yeah, I think he's definitely he's doing come better. On. He's, he's come on. He's come on a little bit. A little timid early in the year, but he's really come into his own, found yeah. his confidence. And I wonder, I don't know. I don't know what the hangover from last year's injury was, whether he was just a little timid to start with. But, yeah, he's been he's done a lot better I thought recently. he's owned the box a, yeah. a lot more in this in this unbeaten run. So, And I feel bad for Hubbard, too. Uh, oh, I do, too. Because, you know. I mean, if, if you would ask me at the start of the season or even at the start of the, you know, resu- resumption of the season, I would have said, well, well, Hubbard earned that spot from from just from last year, right? Yeah. I mean, not that he's necessarily better than Ben, but he had earned it because of what he had done last season, and Ben was hurt. Not nothing against Ben, but but anyway, it's nice to see our keeper up there in the shutout column, second in the league. You know, which yeah. is not something that we've seen often. Yeah. Um, in our history, so I'm going yeah. shutout. I'm thinking one nothing. I think we get one and just and and lock it down. And let's go with Omi to score. <laughs> yeah, if he because plays. We, we thought he should got to get him in gear at some point. Yeah, I missed it last time. I don't have a prediction. I, I, I'm not. I'm. I can't tell you how this game's gonna go. I, <laughs> I just can't. I mean, a one. I'll take a one zero all day. So I guess I'll I'll go over that. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're all we're all predicting a win again. <laughs> of course. Shocking. Yeah. Of course. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it seems Shocking. seems fair to to think, especially the way things have gone. Uh, but like I said, I'll be. Pleased as punch with a draw. Not pleased as punch, but I'll be okay with one for sure. 
All right, guys. Uh, so, thank you all for being here. Uh, follow Barrelproof on Twitter at, at @barrelprooffc. We've tweeted like twice in the last two weeks, so that's really good. We're moving up, we're mo- moving we're, up in the world. We're going to try to be more regular. We're going to try to get back on track. We got the pod in the park going, and <laughs> hopefully Matt and Gwen can join us as well. I miss those guys a for bunch. Sure. For sure. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, this has been Barrelproof, and we'll catch you guys hopefully next week. Up the burps. Come on, Bye. Adios.